here's some, I just can't understand. If the guy had the girl, then he's a man. You can even give some hair to sex or raw, but if she does the same, then she's a poor. But the table's about to turn up a bit my favorite on it. Can't stick my ideas and put the name on it. It's tight though, you can't hold me down. I got to keep on moving. <laughs> that was awesome. I feel like I'm just going to keep that in. <laughs> Hi folks, welcome to Elevated Elephant Podcast. I'm Rachel. Welcome back. If you're new, hello. This is a kind of yogari, uh, self-development type podcast. Um, I talk to as many teachers in the field as I can. Um, the style is pretty conversational. Um, yeah, and that's how I like it. I'm recording the intros, outros in my flat, so if there's some weird noises... Sorry about it. I like to swear a little bit sometimes. So if you're sensitive to swearing, consider that this might not be the place for you. Or put on some earphones if there's little kiddie winks around. Okay, you can find me, the podcast on elevated-elephant.com. That's the little hub for the moment where we, uh, where I really want to create a little community. That'd be really cool. Okay, this conversation was with the lovely, super intelligent, slightly naughty Corrie McCullen. Um, And I wanted to get her on to talk a bit more about the anatomy stuff um, because she's a yoga teacher and I think she's studying osteopathy currently. And she just has a really down-to-earth and uh, practical way of approaching anatomy that I think is really useful. She talks about it in a language that most people can understand and that's why I wanted her on. And this conversation went on for uh, some time so I decided, or we should I say, thought maybe we should split it into two so that um, it's a little bit more manageable. But really the two conversations are one big one. (laughs) okay so on the outro on the other side of the chat i'll I'll, uh leave some more information about um cory and where you can find her and if i've got anything any news to give you i'll leave it on the other side but i hope you're well and um really do enjoy the conversation i recommend pen and paper you never know there might be some cool nifty bits of information that you might pick up along the way to jot down um Okay, enjoy. Corey, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. I'm going to take these off now because it's too weird. <laughs> Headphones. Head- yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Not your trousers. Not my trousers. Trousers okay. staying on. <laughs> Corey. For now. Can I, t- can I ask you some stuff about anatomy? Yeah. So, I know you teach yoga, but what made you move more into special I would say you're kind of specialising more in anatomy right I like that you say specialising <laughs> rather than specialised no, I'm go. not sure I'll ever be specialised in anatomy it's such an enormous topic yeah yeah hmm what made me go more towards anatomy hmm I guess especially in yoga I feel like a lot of yoga teachers talk about all the yogic stuff you know yeah. it's good to hear about all the philosophy and and the bandhas and the breath and all of that although breath I guess is anatomy and yeah. yoga yeah but when 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 you're doing a physical asana class and you like struggling to get into a pose or something feels a bit stuck I just started looking for more answers as to 
why yeah. that would be. Why, and then how to address it. And the more I started looking into it, the more I started to find that the anatomical thoughts were at odds with what I heard a lot of teachers saying. And that I started to think, how many things am, am I saying that aren't that factual? And not that everything has to be fact. It can be, you know, a visualisation or a, something you say just to... An image an of, ima- exactly. of, like, a feeling of how a pose you want someone to kind of explore. Exactly. But I know exactly what it means, it's, um, especially after, like, the first training. I totally, I totally did those things where I just repeated mm. without fully maybe embodying what that actually meant or really questioning what that meant because I thought that's what it was, like a teacher says... Knee, knee never over toes because you know you might die. <laughs> and then when you say these maybe things, maybe if you were standing on the edge of a cliff yes. and you sent knee beyond toes, then so you might you send might, you over the edge. Yes, you might die. <laughs> but in an asana class, you're all good. You're not at a great yeah. height. Because when you, that one is a really good example because when you think about it, that is a completely natural movement. Yeah. Anytime you walk up the stairs or right now I'm sitting cross-legged like Buddha style my knee is yes. such fully a yogi flexed. in a cafe in a cafe Sukhasana sitting, <laughs> standard um, it's just how I roll you know <laughs> but it's a natural knee movement that happens all the time in the body yeah um, and I appreciate that, that teachers say it because they just want the best for their students and they've been told it's dangerous to send your knee beyond your toes. Mm. So then wanting the best for their students, teachers will repeat that. And, and really, that's all learning is, isn't it? You, you repeat what you've heard from somebody else. But I think I started to question whether I was getting my information from the best sources. Yeah. You know, my yoga teachers have been amazing at teaching me how to move my body, how to marry breath with body, how to explore things beyond the body and not be obsessed with the body. But I also feel like freedom to release yourself from the shackles of the body come from having a body that moves without pain and with ease yeah. and to me that came with some more understanding of how that works That's really, I think it's really interesting because I, I th- you know there's a lot of that ascension movement of like just ascending the physical body and I think I'm part of the descension movement where I'm like body <laughs> mud and mucky but I really think that's a really good point of um like first understanding our physical body because that's what we live in mm. and also like you said if you're in pain that's what needs to be kind of sorted out mm. first before perhaps moving also there's a difference between being obsessed with your physical body yeah, and sure. yeah and denying it because I think you, you yeah it's like they're both at the ends of the spectrum exactly. like why can't we slide the, the gauge somewhere in the yeah. middle yeah. yeah, and some yoga philosophies like the the tantras, they believe the body is the temple, and it, you know the body isn't an illusion. It's very much part of your human experience, and you should look after it. And you only need to have an injury or an illness, or or yeah. uh, you know um, even a uh, something going on psychologically to understand that actually you, you can't say well, I'm fully non-attached to my body, and then you stub your toe and you think ah, <laughs> body. <laughs> It's, it's going to keep coming back to you. It's true. I'm, I'm, I think for me personally, I think I'm more inclined with that. I'm not a tantra or tantric. Mm. But I definitely, I think when I, I'm more leaning towards that, like uh, the, the body houses the soul or the spirit or whatever you want to call mm. it. And therefore, it's a good idea. Yeah. It just seems like a good 
idea to look mm. after what houses mm. all the stuff that's going on inside. I Seems like, like a good you, idea. You mentioned the spirit and it just and it brings me back to your first question of why did I start exploring anatomy? Yeah. And I think as well because when people talk about the spirit or spirituality or a spiritual life, I've yet to really find a really comfortable mm. notion of what that means to me. So whilst I still can't really answer the question to myself of what is a, the spirit or what is a spiritual life or does one have a soul or what even is that? I can definitely understand where the hamstring attaches and what it moves. <laughs> so it's something really tangible yeah. that I can get down with yeah. whilst I'm figuring out what I'm doing here or yeah. even what the I bigger am. question. Yeah, it's kind exactly. of working on like narrowing the field. Yeah on your own body and your students' mm. bodies and then you, I suppose, that from that observation maybe it expands mm. to the more esoteric, non-tangible. But then all that stuff anyway, I think, is up for debate, isn't it? Even even anatomy, is, even that is a seemingly never-ending... Right? Never Definitely. And things that I was taught as fact in anatomy 10 years ago now are Thrown not out. seen as fact anymore. Yeah. They've evolved. Yeah. And also, actually, they do sort of tie together. So if you look at the neuromyofascial web and all of this growing body of research and acknowledgement of this sort of uh, interconnected uh, connective tissue... I said connect a lot. Um, <laughs> but... Then when you look at energetics in yoga and other traditions, so say nadis in yoga, or you could look at, say, meridians in Chinese medicine or sen lines in Thai yoga massage, they're really similar to the theories of the fascial pathways. So maybe by studying anatomy, without even knowing it, you're understanding how better to work with your energetic body. You're touching that. Yeah, maybe. I've heard, actually, I can't remember what teacher it was. I think they were talking about fascia as a way, another way of um, information being spread around the body. Mm. And I don't know if they just mean, like, you know, the nuts and bolts of things or if they're talking, like, nervous information. But he actually said... That's how he thinks chitta or like that information is being moved around. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he kind of put it more in a really philosophical... Philosophical? <laughs> philosophical. <laughs> <laughs> he put it in that sort of more of a yogic, uh, yeah, context, which was really interesting about how he believes that the fascia is a way of sending information, mm. not just physically, but also emotionally and all that, energetically. And that's super healthy as well, you're saying he believes that. And I really like that in, in science, things, things are talked about as theories. Everything is there to be, waiting to be disproven. Yeah. Um, and I, I would love more of that culture to shift into the yoga world. Yeah. Um, you know, when I hear people talking about the seven chakras as fact with their colours and their symbols, but if you dig a little deeper, there are many other ideas of chakras, you know, there being an infinite number all over the body or thinking about the colours or the emotions being added later stage or being influenced by, say, Freud and Jung. Yeah. If, if you keep a really open mind, then you can explore so much more of what yoga has to offer. So yeah. if, we can, if we can think about well, everything in anatomy and in science as a theory, everyone, people accept that. You know, we used to think that, well, people, some people still do believe that the earth is flat, but... I know. Many scientists would say that it's 
not. Yes. Um, if we could welcome that debate, healthy debate and openness into yoga, I think that would be really awesome. Yeah, and I think it's, it's really, it's interesting how even in, in a yoga sort of setting, there's still that possibility to make it one way or kind of fundamentalist of this is the way, this is the way. And I think that's such a shame because it's to be kind of flexible in your mind as well, to be able to take on information and like, and isn't the idea of yoga just to try it out, right? You're just like, you hear information, you try information out on your body and you take what take and you, this stuff now that I'm bringing in more that I didn't understand when I first started because it didn't make sense to me then. But now it does. And then you, you it's that constant ebb and flow of like, bringing stuff in, letting stuff go. Or reintroducing stuff as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. So back to the anatomy. Do you think that it's because people... (laughs) In a minute, in a minute. (laughs) Do you think that it's because people are afraid of change and they want definite, they want certainty? Definite answer. That's why... I don't know if it's a... They want facts. I don't know if it's a... I've heard heard people say it's like a cultural thing that um, when they've taught places in like Eastern... in Eastern cultures, they're a bit that's the way they're brought up apparently to have a bit more of an an open-ended question mark and be okay with that and sit with that and that be okay Mm. but I feel like maybe culturally over this side of the world Mm. I think we like definitives health and safety health and safety yeah if you do if you do this you get this result if you Mm. do that and I think if you then give students if I'm talking like as a teacher if you give students a bit more of an open-ended question. Some people will be like, way, and they're really into it, and they'll go, cool, and then other people just look at you like, you're bonkers, like, mm. just tell me what to do. This is what I'm here for. Well, not every teacher is the right teacher for yeah, every exactly. student. Exactly. Mm. Which I think is why anatomy, or like, work, if, if you're an arsenal teacher in particular, if you teach postures, and you have a good understanding of the body to a point, I think that's a way of communicating things slyly with your students. Mm. If you bring it, if you bring it to the body, and it, it's just a way in. For me, it's a way yeah, into yeah, the deeper, cool. potentially deeper dimensions to a person. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Without freaking them out, without going and open your third eye chakra, <laughs> and then they're like, "What and who and why now?" Yeah. And hey, so if you talk about the hamstring, but likewise or with anatomy, there's no need to start babbling on about you know about everything in Latin. You know. Yeah. If it's you not could engage your supraspinatus as you draw down your serratus anterior and lift your levator ani, you know. <laughs> totally been doing that for the last fifteen minutes. Me too. That's why your eyebrows are lifting. <laughs> oh, lovely. But it's just the language, isn't it? If you go in there and you're trying to... If I went in there and I don't know, because I wouldn't speak, I don't speak another language, but we try and speak the same language, otherwise the information is lost. Mm. And this, you might have, you might be able to list anatomy terms to the wazoo, yeah. but if that person in front of you is like, I have no freaking clue what you're talking about, it's useless, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? It is. And it can be useless to the teacher as well. You yeah. know, often on a 200 hour training, the way you learn anatomy is is very dry, it's 2D, it's yeah. written well, you, in you a learn book. Bones. Exactly, you learn to a label bones body. and muscles. And a static body as that's well. That's it. That's not the way that... A body that, moves. And, and in any case, if you even if you'd learnt it biomechanically, you know, how the body does move, that doesn't necessarily tell you how... Every 
everybody moves. Yeah. Because if you say, to, you know, you have to couple that knowledge with an understanding of where that student is coming from as well. You know, if you tell somebody to lift their arms, everybody in the room might lift them in a totally different manner. Yeah. So, again, it's another really useful tool as a teacher, another, like you said about language, another way of articulating things. You know, um, when I went to your class this morning, you said to us, um, what oh would God. the toes what did I say? <laughs> you said you said what would the toes do if they were surprised <laughs> which is oh such a lovely way you could have said plant a flex at the ankle yeah, and yeah, then I draw see. the toes back towards the face but instead you said what would the toes do if they were surprised and it's again these are all just tools and one student will resonate to one type of language another student yeah. will resonate to another yeah. type of language so I think in general people like to learn so if you empower your students with a little bit of knowledge talk about a muscle explain what it does whilst they're doing the movement and they go away with something that they can they can really work with at home in their home practice as well it's empowering it and is, that actually yeah. leads me on because I know I know that you teach mainly well you teach on a, with the Yoga London as a course leader yes but in your own practice you're, you teach more one-to-ones don't you yes. as opposed to a general drop-in so you, at the moment it seems like you're you're working closely with a, a group of people so you can mm. dive really deep and detailed and yes. nuanced but if you were yeah. teaching I mean I'm assuming yeah. you used to teach drop-in I did yeah, yeah. at studios and gyms and yeah whatnot. so how would you handle how would you handle that with all the, the queuing of anatomy and I suppose a little bit like you said I used imagery as opposed to mm. anatomical I, I think it's about layering yeah. language so let's yeah. say for example um, you could say uh, draw the shoulder blades together retract the shoulder blades so you've said it in plain English and then you repeat it with so just learning. a little nugget mm. Mm, that's clever or for example if the students are on, on all fours and just sem- saying something that's very simple it's not even in-depth anatomy knowledge but it just comes from the study of observing the body to say for example you know, when you're on all fours remember that the neck is part of the spine so keep the head nice and lifted to keep the neck in line with the rest of the spine. Notice that the arms are longer than the thigh bones, which means your spine will be on an upward trajectory. That's so, really useful. And it's a simple language, yeah. but just taking your time to look and think about it. And the second you let the head drop when you're on all fours, often the shoulders will collapse. Yeah. So rather than babbling on to people about their serratus anterior, mm. talk to them about where to place their bones. And then, yeah. And yeah. Allow them to then explore that on their own. In turn, they might end up engaging the right muscles. They might not, but they're starting to figure out how they can move through space. Which is what we want. We want people to bring awareness to their body. Without micromanaging your students, because I think that's a danger. When you've got anatomical knowledge, you can start to really micromanage your students. So, like, let them have the freedom to move. move. Yeah. And, like, otherwise, yeah, it could be... I remember when I first... Again, when I first started teaching, I was teaching a beginners class because that's what happens, doesn't it? The people that shouldn't be teaching beginners yeah. are teaching beginners. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! But I remember I was. I was it's that. a real art teaching it really beginners. Is. It's, it really it's much makes more challenging. You pull your finger out, <laughs> yeah. and I remember just micromanaging these group of loves, like looking at their plank pose, and we were on it for like I'm not like probably half the class, and I just thought. <laughs> On retrospect, maybe not the best use of time. <laughs> Rome wasn't built in a day. But it's true, like, you can lay the... It builds up, right? Knowledge is over a period of time. And that sometimes time is it. 
and you can't force time. Time will no. be time when time is time. So, I mean, time, 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 time. time. But like, I just look, I'm gonna look back at my younger teaching me and think, oh, bless, bless. These poor people like in plank for half an hour. Well, if nothing else, <laughs> they had a really nice plank workout. Yeah. <laughs> poor wrists. Oh. By the way, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> she does. <laughs> She's terrible at it. <laughs> but yeah, it's like actually layering up the information for people and letting it over time make sense on their body. And keeping an open mind, because even with all the anatomy knowledge in the world, you you know, you just don't know how somebody's going to respond. And also, you, when you learn anatomy, generally you learn about how things should work. You spend quite a long time learning. So at the minute, I'm doing a degree in osteopathy. And you spend the whole first year learning about how anatomy works in a fully functioning... I'm doing Human. inverted commas with my fingers here. <laughs> Perfect. Well, they Human call it, being. They call it in anatomy normal, but just to let you all know you are all normal. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But in anatomy we call it a normal body. And then it's not until we get to the second year of this degree in osteopathy, which is like a five-year process. And... Exactly. Then you learn about pathology and you learn about things that, you know, alternative normal, alternative facts... We call it it's in like, the body. That must mean that like pretty much no one's normal. Nobody's normal, of course not. Yeah, That's I funny. mean, which makes us normal. Speaking for myself, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really sure what normal is. That's but, really interesting. So you know, you, you do all this studying, you learn about how things are supposed to work, and then I remember having uh, the first time this happened to me. It's happened a number of times since, but I had a student come along. And she said to me at the beginning of the class that she's um, in remission following um, the number of years uh, battling breast cancer. And she had a double mastectomy and she had uh, large amounts of her musculature removed from the chest. And she had some muscles um, and tendons sort of rerouted and some was just gone. Now, with all the training in the world, that is a unique situation. As soon as a surgeon knife has gone in there, yeah. that person is going to break all the rules of the anatomy book. Mm. So I really had no clue what to suggest in terms of actual modification. So all I could say to the student was, thank you so much for telling me. Um, I'm not really an expert in rehab for this you know, sort of recovery. Um, so I would just love for you to move in a way that feels productive. And if at any time you can't think of a way to move that's productive, please put, you know, put your hand up and I'll come over and, and try and my help best you out. To, yeah. Exactly. We'll work together. And exactly. It's going to be a, a negotiation this between us. This is, I think, us. as well. I think giving yourself permission to work with people, even if it's not a one-to-one, if it's in like a classroom environment, to say like, exactly what you said, you know, this isn't my area of expertise. All I can say is this, that, and the other, and just let's work together. Totally, and that takes confidence. Thing. Think yeah. about new teacher, you ba- want baby to... teacher Rachel and baby teacher Corey. Well, of course, you, you want to. You, you don't want to admit you don't know the answer. No. And now it's like, Ugh. I love it. Say it all the time. <laughs> I don't have a Scooby Doo. Teach yourself. <laughs> I don't know. Just do something. Yeah. I mean, as long as you don't, you know, shout freak at the student to throw a block at their head, I think you're, yeah. you're on to a winner. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Run away. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't deal with this cold sweat. But also, I learned so much from these sorts of experiences because this student, she could do anything strength-based she could do. Mm. Plank, side plank, like... she was on it. What was limited was the mobility, actually, because the scar tissue had sort of knitted together to keep her... So she was strong, ah, but nice. sort of uh, lacking mobility, which actually I think is preferable. Yeah. Much better to be strong and a, and, and a well, bit stiff. And then you draw attention also to, like, what's going right within a 
Because if that person then relates to their body as something that's gone wrong, yeah, I think sometimes that is a danger. Because I mean, yoga teachers, I mean, we're deep, it's such a wide. I mean, it's a huge topic. Like, where do you specialize? You got the body, you got philosophy, you got pranayama. I mean, it's huge, isn't it? And then we try to specialize in a little bit of everything. That sometimes it just becomes a bit watered down. I think that's the pressure on the modern day much, yoga right? We're teacher. not physios. You've got to be, you've got to be a physio. Yeah. You've got to be a philosophical scholar. You've got to be fluent in Sanskrit. Sanskrit. You've got to be a social media guru. Yeah. Oh yeah. Obviously you've got to be Squeaky able to clean. wear a crop top and hot pants. Yeah. Oh yeah. 100%. <laughs> even, when was, even when the East, what was it? The beast from the East came. I was in hot pants. <laughs> <laughs> no one needs to see that. Nobody needs to no see that. No one needs to see that. But it's true, isn't it? Like, there's this thing of, like, feeling like we have to be everything to everyone because it's such a massive, holistic thing. But how powerful when a student says to their teacher... Wait, other way around. When a teacher says to their... That's kind of the Freudian slip because that's kind of what I'm getting at. When the teacher says to the student... Actually, I don't know the answer. It lets the student know that we don't have to be perfect. Yeah. You know, progress over perfection. It's just this idea of... I'm having that on the T-shirt. Just, yeah, let's on a T-shirt. Progress over, over perfection. perfection. Hell yeah. Mm. I think, yeah, working, like saying, let's work, let's go on this journey together. You teach me as well. And also, I suppose if... if I, I try in my head if someone's come to me and they've said if they've been through quite a bodily like a trauma even pregnancy I mean that's a massive trauma blimey yeah. isn't it I mean I've never been through it but yeah and I try and be like empathetic to what they've been through but also focus on what they can do exactly because I think otherwise you just I don't know it sends a message that they're they're broken or they're not in a good place and, and I try people and refer to like oh this is my bad leg I know it's, not a, it's a lovely leg yeah you know it just is different character. to the other it's, it's got, got character. character get that old girl old guy moving again <laughs> I, I, that's the only way that's the, my way of, of dealing with it because mm. that's my personality but it's, I suppose it's just with that open chat of like I don't know actually that's, that's a really good uh, I really wanted to ask you this I'm totally selfish with these chats because I just ask my questions I don't know if I agree with asking injuries in an open group I really don't know because do you know why just cut you off yeah because I know my style I'm not a dictatorial teacher dictatorial that's better good and um (laughs) I, and I and I really try and emphasise people to do their thing. I kind of I go between because sometimes I will just forget if someone tells me something unless it's something like cancer or like that's actually it makes you remember. If someone yeah. says, "Oh, I've just got a bit of a wrist thing," I've just got a bit of a knee thing, in and out. I guess like what a little story, and oh, then no, a, a, is that a, scare a funny story? story, and then I'll and then I'll give you my sort of opinion on it. But yeah. just on you saying that you sometimes you forget what they've told you. So I was quite a new teacher. I was maybe six months graduated, and um, teaching at a really lovely studio. There were about thirty-five students in the room. So Ooh, a, big, a big lot group. to manage. That's a big room. For any experience yeah, teacher, right? especially as a new teacher. And a student came to speak to me before the class started and she said, um, I just wanted to let you know I'm in my first trimester of, of pregnancy, so I haven't told anybody yet. I'm here with some friends and I really don't want them to know. Oh. But I thought I should let you know in case there's anything I need to do to, to modify. 
So I gave her a few bits of advice and I said, I'll just keep an eye on you. And if there's um, anything specific, I'm going to announce it to the whole room and just say, if anybody is having a knee injury or having a shoulder injury or happens to be pregnant, and then you can just pick whatever information you want without anybody needing to know, rather than me coming over and giving you a personalised... Because then they will... Exactly. So I started teaching the class and... um, and I kept on giving these pointers and she wasn't making any of the changes. Mm. So I started going over and just tapping her on the shoulder and giving her a few bit of extra modifications. Just in case she might have forgotten. Just in case she forgotten. Or exactly. Like caught up in the... Yeah. Got to the end of the class and I went over and asked her how she was. Yeah. And I'd been speaking the whole class to her friend. <laughs> Not her. <laughs> no. Her friend who she didn't want to know. <laughs> She was pregnant. Kari, that that is, I, that is brilliant. Oh, so I no. fully, did you go really red? So I, it was awful. It was so <laughs> red. So I fully outed Cold this sweats. pregnant girl Cold to her sweats. friend, and I'd forced this non-pregnant girl to do, to do a pregnant. And in your head, the whole class is going, "Why isn't she taking yeah. the model?" Of, and it takes over awkward. your world. Awkward. You've awkward. got thirty-five people in the room, and then you obsess about Just one person. Mortifying. So that's a, a good story. So maybe it's to do with numbers. Maybe there's maybe. a point where it's like too many for one person to remember but also firstly I mean there are ways of managing it so you yeah. know maybe a student doesn't want to say in front of the whole room there's ways of managing you know you say I'll come up to speak to me at the front whilst I'm sorting out my music if you want to tell me something but more what, worry, what worries me the most about teachers asking students about their injuries is that we don't know what to do with them we're That's not I'm qualified exactly right it, you know? I think it sends a message it does potentially that I know, I, I'm sort of physio. Can, I'm, heading, exactly. I'm heading into, like, physio realms. And maybe, you know, we have know. some anatomical training, and you and I, perhaps, we've specialised slightly more in that than some other teachers, but we're still not qualified to And in a group environment, advise. it's not a one-to-one. No. So... And even in a yeah, one-to-one, you, I won't give people a, a prescription no, of yoga. No, no, no. It's more, um, let's work around your injury or experience whatever it's going on in your body to figure out. Things. Exactly. Um, and I, I, you know, a number of students have pushed me before this. Oh, but I, Corey, I know you can help me with my bad back or with my bad knee or with my this mm. or with my that. So what? In my head, I've got some ideas, but I'm, I'm not going to share them with you because it's not my place. Ah, and what if I'm wrong? And also, know? is it because you're in, you're not in, um, is it osteopathy you said you do? Osteopathy. You're not in that role at that point, you're in yoga teacher role. Do you take these two kind of quarries? Differently, and, and the more, I mean, I'm very, I'm still in year one of my osteopathy degree, so I'm still, you know, I know nothing, literally nothing. I know less than nothing, because the more I'm studying it, the more, you know, the you more I'm know. convinced that I need to not give people advice, because there's so yeah, much stuff that I, just that I know, know I just don't know about. Yeah. What about all the stuff I don't know I don't know about? <laughs> That's the worst. Yeah. As soon as you know you don't know something and you know what that something is, you can do something about it. But if you don't know, you don't know, you don't it's know. It's true. You... I read a fascinating <laughs> quote the other day. It was a, it was a, a quote by a, a Buddhist teacher and I'm, I'm obviously going to mess it up if I try and say it fancily, so excuse the paraphrasing. Just in, gonna, yeah, but it was say. something along the lines of self-perceptions of expertise lead, lead to closed-minded thinking. So it's the second you think you're an expert, you, you close become, your mind. Yeah. There's a nice. difference to uh, striving to becoming an expert in something and keeping an open mind to all the education that's around you. But as soon as you think you know something... You don't know. You don't know. You've lost it. You've you lost it in a way. 
That's something actually really good to hold true, isn't it? Definitely. When you start yeah. thinking you've got the answers, it's like, oh, I just need to find the questions because yeah. yeah. maybe I'm closing myself off to other... All this other magic that might come in. The body is magic. It, it is. fully is. Yours is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you sly one. I think we should tell each other these things more frequently. You know, when we're teaching our yoga classes, let's just stop telling people how to move and just tell them that they're moving really nicely. Yeah, like, I, I mean, I'm as way more into that. I feel really praised, stra- uh, like... Like starved, starved, you know. Yeah, you look. Yeah. Like, why don't I get an? It, actually, when I used to be um, before doing this career, I was a, a performer in musical theatre. It was very nice because you'd get applaud, you know, applause at the end of your working day. Yeah. Did you take a bow? You say thanks very much. <laughs> and and everyone, off you everyone's head. happy. <laughs> no, I'm not really. You know, I feel a bit uncomfortable when people clap, clap at the end of my yoga classes because I think actually you should have the clap. You did all yeah. the hard work. Do you get clapped? Occasionally. I've had it. It's I've a had bit, it a couple of times. A slow it? clap. <laughs> okay. it's, like, it's like someone started and then some people have gone, yeah, I'll join in. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, thank Awkward. you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's really weird. But, I, it's very sweet. But certainly, we, you know, and imagine the, somebody living in a big city on their own. Maybe they come from another country and they've yet to find a real community here. And, you, you know, people work hard in London. They work long hours because, you know, rent is hideously expensive. Yeah. And you might get up at, say, six in the morning and then you get on the tube and people are jostling you and elbowing you and you go to work. You spend all day with your colleagues. You might shake hands with somebody, but that's it. Then you jostle home and then you make yourself some, you know, pot noodle or whatnot. <laughs> and then you watch a bit of Netflix and you go to sleep. Yeah, and then repeat. Like, at, exactly, repeat. And at what point during that day did you have any positive physical contact with another yeah. human being? That, that, you know, not maybe you might have a partner and you might have some sort of sensual contact, but when do you just have Strange, platonic, like, like, neutral, yeah. neutral, human beings positive interaction? Space. Exactly. Physical contact, but also verbally. You know, how often, how many, if you mm. looked back at your, all of your email correspondence at work, what percentage of it is to do with problems and problem solving and negative feedback? And what percentage is just an email of someone saying, good buddy, good job today, yeah. loved your work? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. But I think that because it's uncomfortable for people to express compliments and then to be thankful for it. Yeah, that's you know, like just to, like, just to, to say thank you. So I think if you don't know how to receive something, you can't give it either. Mm. I think there's like a, it's hard... Maybe you can. We should, we should, you know, we should have more of it. I hate to say should. I would like to see more of yes. this in yoga. You, yeah. know, you go to a class and you feel supported and lifted up rather than frustrated that you can't do pincher. Yeah. And I know some personality types, bloody pincher. I can't do pincher. Pincher. Every day. Are you Occasionally. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know I might bang out. I might bang out now and again. And if you've been looking on my Instagram, by the way, and you're thinking, I know Corey can do pincher, that was a video that I then took a screenshot of in the half a second I was holding it for. You know it. Full disclosure. You know it. Best bits. Hashtag best bits. Best bits. But I, I mean, I am more of that kind of teach. Mm. Uh, I think some people, that's just too, maybe they, they might see that's too soft and actually they go to classes where you get, they get pushed physically. So I think that's, you just teach what you teach and then people will naturally yeah, gravitate, yeah, gravitate, gravitate to towards right, yeah. what resonates. Yeah. So as long as you teach from what you believe is. Totally. Well, I was speaking to a good buddy, uh, another teacher at Yoga London, and, and um, 
he's quite a sort of a free spirit and he practices Ashtanga Vinyasa which to me is it doesn't suit me I find it there's all these rules and the same sequence and I, yeah. you know maybe this is a, something I should work on but I struggle a bit with the rules and the authority and Every day, all of that malarkey so I asked him, you know, why is it that you do Ashtanga if, you're, if this seems to me so the opposite of your personality type? Right, yeah. And he said, well, to me, this is the one time when I'm disciplined. Yeah. So I keep it because it brings me this sense of discipline in my life. That was a very sensible answer. That seems, that seems yeah, if, yeah. Maybe it's the case of, like, in your life, like, you try and balance, people try and balance things out. So if they... Yeah, if that's lacking in some ways, maybe they gravitate towards that. Uh, it really helped to remind me that it's not my way or the highway. You know, I might be thinking, you know... Especially coming from now, you're more... I know you're saying, like, you're, you're very at the beginning. You, have, you do have a, a good understanding in comparison to most people. Perhaps. If we're looking at comparisons yes. rather than anatomy as the entire subject yes you have a decent understanding because there's a lot of anatomy quackery that goes on in yoga as well uh, so totally. it's, it's difficult to yeah it's difficult well, you have, to educate you have a decent understanding it's pretty good I'll go with that and it must be yeah, like like you said to like remind yourself that because you might know technically that maybe a repetitive sequence done in a not so great way potentially could lead to some sort of injury yes you, and then you say, well, actually, for him, it wasn't about necessarily the shapes. It was about the discipline. And the shapes just happened to be the roadmap to the discipline. That was just his way of expressing it. Rather than just thinking about it as the asana. Yeah. You know, for him, it's got a deeper meaning. And I know there's some people that, that practice the Ashtanga Vinyasa method. And they, they've done it for years. But they do it in a way it either suits their anatomy, for whatever reason. And it's, they're fine with it. And also, if I've observed them, they also also have an understanding of dynamics in their body mm. so they don't they might repeat the sequences but the dynamics change that's nice yeah, that's i never really thought about it that way like i've, I've seen i could have like a yang day yeah yin day you might still do with, with yeah. i've noticed that in a lot of people who do that regularly uh they have that understanding i don't know if they've given that it thought or that's just it's just become intuitive yeah and I guess when you do it, rather than just like caning it, you know, you like can, banging yourself through, you can like check in with your body a little bit more because if you're doing the same pose every day, you can be like, oh, how would you pose? How does this feel yeah. today? And oh, today this feels a bit like crunchy or sticky or yeah. flowy or floppy. It's a habit, isn't it? No. It's like going into if you keep going into habit, habitual patterns. That's default. Default. Maybe that's when it could potentially default lead. leads to fault. What? That's our next T-shirt hashtag. So we've got what was our first one? Something oh, like um, per- progress per- over perfection. perfection and default leads to fault. Default. Lead. Oh my god. Love that. Oh my god. That's copyrighted. Can you just like you need to get some merch <laughs> going? This is some Cory serious Cory merch. I would totally buy it. A cat. A cap, if you really want to go for it. I don't know, it's got to be zero waste, so it'll need to be made oh. out of biodegradable <laughs> cornstarch. <laughs> oh no, it's going to look really hideous, but great. Yeah. Only plant-based dyes. Hashtag. It might only last, it's biodegradable, it might only last a month. But that's good, because it'll teach you it's about the impermanence of all things. It just dissolves your way It'll start with a top on. Non-attachment clothing, <laughs> self-dissolving. <laughs> Cool, hey? I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, yeah, 
don't forget to check Corey out. I think it's stretchbreathesmile.com. Excuse me as I look at my computer. I'm going to tap in stretch, breathe, smile. Yeah. <laughs> Dot com. Yes. You know, I could have checked that before I hit record, but I didn't. So go there and get involved with Corrie, especially if you live in the London area. Woo woo. Brilliant. Um, remember to go to elevator-elephant.com to uh, subscribe to newsletters and all that groovy stuff. And please, if you feel drawn to, I'd love, I'd love to hear your thoughts about what I'm doing here on the podcast and, uh, yeah, and to get a little chat going on, feel free to email me. That's always really rad when people do that. Love it. And, um, yes. I'm looking forward to getting you part two of the conversation. So that will be coming up really soon. Um, Until then, happy practicing, happy teaching, lots of love. Bye.